Hi, we are Tim and Michelle Hill with Connect Over Coffee, and this is Midlife Realigned. A series of conversations about navigating all the midlife things and living life with no regrets. We're opening up this podcast with a series of episodes on stress, and this conversation is just going to be between Tim and I. Today, we're starting with the basics, understanding stress in general and how it relates to those of us who are in the messy middle of life. We might be a little more teachy than conversation-y today. Let's get to it. We all have some experience of stress, but before we start, it might be helpful to normalize what we're talking about. We usually have some idea of what it feels like for us or how it appears in our mind, but how would you actually explain it? What exactly is stress? Well, when we say things like, this is stressful or I'm stressed, we might be talking about situations or events that put pressure on us, like times when we have a lot to do and think about, but don't have much control over what happens. Or another example would be our reaction to being placed under pressure, the feelings we get when we have demands placed on us and we find that it's difficult to cope with. There's actually no medical definition of stress, and healthcare professionals often disagree over whether stress is the cause of problems or the result of problems, kind of like the chicken or the egg type thing. I think that's interesting because we all experience stress and yet we have no basic definition of what it is. The other thing I think that we need to remember is that being under pressure is a normal part of life. It can help you take action, feel more energized, and get results. But if it becomes too much or never-ending, that's when we have a problem. So how does it actually affect our bodies? Well, stress can and does affect many areas of our lives, our body, our brain, and our mental health. So let's start with the body first. Stress can have symptoms that look like other things. Insomnia, headache, low productivity. It can affect your digestion, your reproductive functions, immune systems, just to name a few. And it can even make other conditions worse. If you have Crohn's disease or cancer, it can make those conditions worse. It can even make the medications for those conditions or any condition less effective. And it can cause us to have behaviors that we would not usually do. Like anxiety, we could overeat or undereat. We could have muscle pain and tension, which could lead to anger and outbursts, fatigue, poor decisions, lack of concentration. That's a long list, and I'm really only touching the surface. The fact that that list is only touching the surface is kind of scary. Yeah, pretty scary. I know that I feel stress, especially emotional stress, in my body. Even when in my mind I don't really believe that I'm stressed or I'm not sensing the stress, I can sometimes recognize that I am stressed because it's showing up physically. It messes up my digestion. I notice that I'm tired for no reason. And it's also a factor in the bad headaches that I get, but usually only when there are other factors like allergies and and the weather involved too. Do you see it show up physically? Do you recognize that in your body when you're stressed? I do. I do. I, I can't sit still if I get stressed. Sometimes I have to get up and pace around, which is interesting because I also pace around when I think. So I have to be cognizant of am I pacing because I'm stressed or if I'm pacing trying to think. But that's just an awareness thing for me. Sometimes when I'm stressed, I can't focus. I get irritable. I get fidgety. Those type of things, more of an energy type thing for me. Let's move on to the mind. When we are under stress, the body releases cortisol, which is a good hormone. In moderation, like a lot of things, it does restore balance after a stress event. It regulates blood sugar, adrenaline, repairs the hippocampus, and helps lay down memories and processing. But too much cortisol can be a bad thing. 
If the levels stay high, it just wears the brain out. It can disrupt synapse regulation, uh, makes us less social, so we'll be more isolated. It kills brain cells, reduces the size of your brain, affects the prefrontal cortex, which can you know then retard your memory and learning. It makes the amygdala larger, which is not a good thing. You don't need a big brain for that. And it makes the brain more receptive to stress and falls into the stress cycle, which means you stay agitated all the time when it's not really needed. And then it even affects neuroplasticity, which is the ability to reform pathways that are damaged by stress. Now, they can be reformed. It's much easier when you're young to reform the pathways. In older folks, it is much slower and it may not happen fully or completely. So, you know, who knew so much was going on? That's a lot of stuff. It really is. That's interesting. I've talked about this on the Morning Moments Matter show, but the spring is really a difficult season for me. A time between spring break and the end of the year because I feel awful because I have bad allergies. And most years, not so much this year, but most years, there's a whole lot of extra details and commitments with the end of the school year. So I know that I shouldn't add new projects and new commitments on my schedule during that six to eight week period. The reason I'm describing this is that I know when I'm overloaded, not because of how I feel in my body, But if I start forgetting things or dropping balls or doing weird things, like in the early part of my divorce, I had the world's longest divorce. But in the first few years, I locked my keys in the car like every other month. It's something I've never really done before or since. But in those several years, I was doing it constantly. And I think it's just because I was overstressed and it was showing up in my in my mind. And that was one way that I could tell like, okay, I need to back off some things because I'm I'm seeing this behavior that wasn't normal for me. Yeah. And that's something you really never do. You always know where things are, where your keys are and, and stuff like that. And stress can certainly affect that. So I'm sure that's what was causing that at that time. I was on a first name basis with AAA at that point. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, hey, Michelle, good, good to talk to you again this <laughs> Where's week. Where's your car now? <laughs> I feel confused sometimes when I'm stressed. I know what I'm trying to say, but it just gets garbled in there and it it won't come out. And words that, you know, they just garble the words or mispronounce them or use words that aren't the right words. That's another way stress comes out in me, especially in my mind. On mental health, it certainly can exacerbate mood disorders. So disorders such as depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, cognitive patterns, personality types, they're all affected. The byproducts of stress hormones can act as a sedative and actually cause further low energy and depression. It really gets into a cycle. With bipolar disorder, stress can trigger each stage, manic or depression, and then it even prolongs that cycle of each stage. Anxiety and stress triggers anxiety, panic attacks, which lead to negative thought patterns, another spiral. Um, cognitive functions are affected too. It affects the ability to lay down memories and learn, which I mentioned earlier, which can impair our judgment and the filter. We have so much input. The brain filters the unneeded information out so we can make decisions and there's no overload. When the filter is not working due to stress, we're overwhelmed, which can lead to confusion, anger, frustration. And that's all based on information that we don't need, but our stressed out brain used it. It didn't filter it out. That one was really shocking to me. And an example of that, I've thought about when I've been training several kids, I think four now, to drive, there's a lot of 
sensory input. And when you're learning to drive, you you think you need to pay attention to everything. And you do need to pay attention when you're driving, but not to everything because there's so much coming in, you get stressed and you get overloaded. One time I was driving with one of the kids and we came up to a stop sign and to the right, there was a family with a stroller walking very slow. We were going to turn left. So we are turning left away from the people on the right. But he said, oh my gosh, there's people over there. What am I going to do? I'm like, they're moving slow. They're, you're turning away from them. Don't worry about that. But he was taking in all that information and he was getting stressed about it. So we turned left and he's still going, oh, but the people, the people. I'm like, literally, they're in the rearview mirror. They're behind us. We're going faster than they are. They are not a factor anymore. But it was hard because he was stressed out. His filter was on full blow and, and you know, just taking in everything. So that's an example of how when you are stressed, your filters are not on and not filtering out the information that you don't need. Here's a list I found out about what stress can do to our mental state. It can change your personality. It can make you irritable. It can make you hostile and aggressive. It can make you frustrated. You can be over-concerned with your appearance. You can be under-concerned for your appearance. You can exhibit signs of OCD, reduced productivity, lying to cover up and comp compensate social withdrawal that's a pretty serious list and it's not a full list again it's it's pretty scary well let's switch over now that we've kind of laid the groundwork of this is what stress is and and what it does to us and we might be all feeling a little bit of that stress with that list that's kind of an overwhelming basis for that's causing me stress I just, know, right? just learning about stress is causing stress <laughs> i know so let's shift over and start to talk about how stress relates particularly to midlife situations Stress has increased since the 1990s, and that feels kind of like a no-brainer statement. But a team of researchers at Penn State wanted to quantify it. And so they conducted a study and found, not surprisingly, stress has increased. But here's what was interesting for our conversation. The overall increase was about 2%. So we can say that life is about 2% more stressful now than it was in the 1990s. And this was before the pandemic, so it doesn't include any of that data. But when they separated it out by age, that's what was so interesting. They found that the increase was closer to 20% for middle-age folks. I think the actual number was 19%. That is really significant. It says that stress is increasing much faster in midlife than in the rest of the population. That is a big number, but I can see that because many things are, are coming to a head at that time. Kids are leaving the nest. Kids are getting married. Uh, older loved ones are passing away. Coming to grips with what you have done and maybe haven't done in the past and how much time you have left, that can be pretty daunting for sure. That's a good list that you just gave of the kinds of stresses that we experience. And they're what I think of as storm stress. So there are these big events that we experience. They could be divorce or death or sickness of someone we love loss of a job. And we can have storm stress at all ages, but there's a group of those things that are far more likely in middle age. And that's the kind of list that you just gave. Yeah. That season seems to have more storms daily, weekly, monthly than others that just keep piling up. Then a second type I think of as everyday weather stress. Unlike storms that are these big events, these are the constant things that are happening all the time. And these are different in midlife too. Although the news is not all negative here. 
That's good. (laughs) But one of the things that happens is that our responsibilities for other people max out. We are responsible for more people than at any other time of life. That might usually means our kids and our parents and often other people at work because we've gotten to a situation where we are managing people or responsible for teams. Add on top of that all of the other stresses that are increasing, particularly the speed of change and technological advances and the everyday stresses. All of that stuff is increasing at that higher rate than at any other age. Yeah, we do. You know, you you move up and you have a lot more to handle and it seems harder than we were younger, especially with the new tech, new patterns. It seems to make it much more difficult. So the third area of stress are those things that we encounter simply as a result of time. So if we're following along with our weather analogy we've been using, this isn't a storm. It isn't the everyday weather that we experience, but it's the result of that weather. It's like erosion or it's just simply the changes that we experience when we're aging. And a lot of those are physical. Men and women both have physical changes in midlife, but women's are maybe more dramatic or more publicized. They're pretty obvious. But some are also psychological. Now, I'm going to read a quote from an abstract of a PubMed study that this isn't a new study. I think it was produced in the 1980s. I'm going to read half now and half in a few minutes. But the first half of it says, Cycles of stress and anxiety in middle age may have a developmental etiology and may be a necessary part of the developmental process in this phase of life. Middle age is often punctuated by recurrent episodes of stress, which do not appear to have a basis in any specific event. These cycles of stress instead are a function of psychological development in midlife. So did you get that? Like we're likely to experience what they're calling necessary developmental periods of stress with no apparent cause. We're not crazy. (laughs) Like it's normal. (laughs) Man, that's good to realize that some midlife stress is normal and it serves a purpose. And knowing that means that, like you said, we are normal and that should and hopefully can make us deal with it better. Especially if we realize it. Nobody's telling us this. Like nobody told me there would be these periods of this kind of stress that has seemingly no, well, no purpose, but like nothing triggered it. Like that just happens and you don't understand why. And so if we can tell people that, if we can get the word out that that's a normal part of midlife, that makes it really helpful to be able to just say, oh, okay, this is happening for a reason. Yeah, exactly. So that same study goes on to talk about stress resulting from the need to integrate newly differentiated aspects of experience, which cannot be integrated with an existing cognitive system of beliefs and values. Reintegration of the cognitive structure to accommodate these new elements reduces the stress, leaving the adult changed with respect to certain beliefs about self or world. Take a big breath. That's a complicated paragraph. (laughs) It's a long quote and there's a lot in it. (laughs) I know. It sounds really complicated, but basically it's just saying that in this time period, in midlife, we begin to understand life differently. Maybe it's not exactly how we always thought it was in our 20s, 30s, and 40s, and that causes stress. But when we resolve those things, the stress level drops again. So let me clear that up a little bit with an example. You and I binge watched a show in the last, I don't know, several weeks, um, The Equalizer. That's the name, right? That's the right name? Yes. <laughs> I'm is. always afraid I'm going to say it wrong. There's, Yeah, we always play around with several different names for that before that's stuck in our brain before we come up with The Equalizer. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so that's the show. And on that show, there is a character, a, kind of a heading into midlife detective, I think is what he is. And 
his father was, in air quotes, a dirty cop. He's in prison. He was convicted. And consequently, the younger character has grown up trying to make up for that. He's squeaky clean. He's really oriented toward doing everything by the book, never steps out of line, and sees life very in in black and white. And all of a sudden, in the story arc of this series, he's being forced to recognize that maybe it's a lot grayer than what he thought. Maybe there are a lot of things that he perhaps wasn't viewing. Maybe his lens wasn't quite the same as everyone else's. And watching his character go through that change is exactly what we sometimes do. Sometimes we realize in midlife that life wasn't quite as black and white as we had thought it was, or a particular issue wasn't quite as cut and dry as we thought it was. And then we're forced to deal with how to integrate that into our belief systems. And and what if it's not what we thought it was, what do we believe? So that would just be an explanation of an example of what that paragraph was describing. Right. Because the other character in that show is not as black and white. She has a very good sense of justice. If there's something going on that's wrong, she has no problem bending the rules to get that person taken care of where they are not doing that injustice anymore. And it's interesting that you how they are converging, how he started off so black and white and they're working to sort of together and he's starting to see... Everything's not black. Exactly. Like you said, it's not it's not all cut and dry. What's so interesting about the character development in that show is that she's actually moving towards the middle as well. It's it's a little bit different and it's not quite as obvious. I think it's a little more subtle in the storyline. But she's also starting to see that working within the rules has benefits that she may not have believed before. And so she's also facing her own epiphany is probably too strong of a word, but kind of this waking up to this idea that maybe it's not quite the way I thought it was. Maybe there's value to this other perspective as well. Right. It's good to watch the ebb and flow of their character development. You worked ebb and flow into this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) Never know. I'm always there with it. It's it's always hovering out there. (laughs) So the good news is that studies are finding that our resources for coping with different kinds of stress in midlife, except for those physical things, generally changes or increases during midlife. So while the stresses are higher, our capacity to deal with them is also typically higher at this point. And that's great news. It gives me hope that we can and will make changes that help us deal with the stress better and then have a great next season of life. Yeah. The last thing about stress in midlife that we want to talk about today is how important it is to learn some tools to deal with it and then to follow through and actually use those tools. So what I'm about to say was found to be true in women, not in men. There was no correlation in men with this. And that kind of jives, these results jive with the statistics on men versus women experiencing Alzheimer's disease, that women are far more likely to experience Alzheimer's than men. I think according to Alzheimer's Association, one in six women over 60 will get Alzheimer's compared to one in 11 men. That's pretty significant. It is. Wide gap. Yeah. So a little over a year ago, a new analysis of data on more than 900 Baltimore adults by John Hopkins medicine researchers linked stressful life experiences among middle-aged women, again, not men, to greater memory decline in later life. It wasn't designed to show cause and effect. So we're not saying 
this will equal this, but the results do add to evidence that stress hormones play an uneven gender role in the brain health of adults. Other research shows that the effect of age on the stress response is three times greater in women than in men. Plus, other other research has shown (laughs) that stressful life experiences can result in temporary memory loss and cognitive problems. Now, I mentioned those studies to say that how we deal with stress in middle age, especially for women, may be critically important for our future mental health and cognitive abilities. You know, it's kind of like the long-term effects of smoking. Back in the day, doctors were smoking. You know, it's what they did then. And it had effects decades later. They didn't necessarily know what was going on with smoking then that had effects later. So knowing how to deal with the stress early on in our lives can help our cognitive realm later on in our lives. Yeah. So what we wanted this conversation to highlight was that if you're in midlife and you're feeling stress, whether physical or emotional or just this displaced unsettledness or depression, you are not alone. It is a real thing. And it is critically important for us to learn to cope with it and reduce it because it has the potential to hurt us both now and in the future. We hear that we need to reduce stress all the time. And we tend to ignore it, shrug it off. I'll do something about that later. We don't do anything about it now and what it's doing to us now. So it is important to realize how we deal with it now can for sure have effects later. Exactly. We want you to know that it is really important and that you can do something about it and that you need to do something about it. It needs to become a priority for you. Next episode, we'll talk to a guest about what we can do. So that will be a practical episode and you'll walk away with a lot of tools that you can use. Today's episode is brought to you by the Morning Moments Matter Box, which is a super simple way to take the time that you use in the morning to brew your coffee and turn it into a ritual that you'll start your day with a positive frame of mind. Great coffee and a ritual that engages your body, mind, and heart. You can check that out, all the information, at connectovercoffee.link backslash MMM. Thanks so much for joining us for this conversation. We hope you heard something that you can put into action today to help make your moments matter. If it did help you, think of someone right now dealing with midlife stress who might also benefit from the information that we'd shared and then share this show with them. Until next time, stay caffeinated, y'all. 